Hey, I'm Mark, um, and welcome to E3, where faith, authenticity, and emerging culture meet. We are uh, in the midst of a series called Pathways, where we are uh, taking an in-depth look at the Great Commandment. Um, we've been calling this a wisdom series, uh, just really trying to in, uh, implement in our life uh, the things that we already know. And just to remind you or, or let you know, if you don't know what the Great Commandment is, uh, Jesus was asked, what, was the, what is the most important thing in life? What is the most important thing we do while we are here on earth? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And equally as important is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think uh, especially in, in our culture and, and things like that, we, uh, we tend to segment things and, uh, and sometimes we're like, okay, you know, how do we do this? How do we do this? And we kind of compartmentalize them. And, and really, this is an integrated process as we, as we looked at it uh, last week. Um, I brought uh, this Celtic knot thing, uh, just showing that one thing relies on, the no, on another. If you remember, uh, your heart uh, was there in red, and then your soul in yellow, and uh, your mind in blue, and uh, your strength in green, and loving others as yourself in, in orange, and having this, this integrated approach. Because the reality is, is how one of these things go, it greatly impacts the other. I was, uh, this week, I had several different conversations with people uh, just, uh, just working on, on our relationship and, and having conversations and, and things like that, and uh, a few people who, who go here, and I, I said, well, you know, I heard a message Sunday, in fact, I heard it three times, and I need to do, you know, work out some things that, that I had heard, and, you know, and be wise, not just know, and, and kind of use that as a, as a bridge to really, to really talk about some things that have been undone and that, that needed to be uh, talked about. And sometimes, and I, I'm sure you've experienced this in, in relationships, sometimes uh, when a relationship is, is not right and you're, you know, things aren't right at home or, or somebody that you really care about is, is mad at you or something like that, that it really affects everything else. It, 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 it affects your, your mind uh, as well. It's hard to think. It's, it's hard to go and exercise. It's, it's hard to love others in, until all of these things are taken care of. In fact, I, I wrote this down. I just, wanted, and just uh, wanted to share it with you. I wrote, a troubled heart will incarcerate your mind. Your thoughts can corrupt your soul. A broken spirit will steal your strength, but the lack of love for others will render your heart, mind, soul, and strength superfluous. And just really the, the understanding that, that these things, all of these things interact. And, you know, Jesus talks about these each and every one individually. That's just because there isn't, you know, a word, for, you know, that he could have just said out loud, hey, you know, these five things you know, all integrated together is what you're meant to be about. But the reality is that they're, they're enveloped. 
especially in the case of the mind. In fact, in the Hebrew way of thought, in the Old Testament, when you're reading the Old Testament, you won't have any references to the mind how we understand it. Uh, the, the Hebrews, uh, they, they looked at, at the soul and uh, sometimes the heart and, and the mind as we understand it as, as inseparable, as, as completely integrated, quite differently than, than we do in our Western culture, and especially the Greek culture. And Jesus, as he walked uh, the earth and uh, when he came and, and he kind of served as a bridge here, when the, when the Pharisee asked him that question, hey, Jesus, you know, hey, teacher, what is the most important thing? And he said, hey, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. These are the most important things that, that he, was, he was doing a few things here. Number one, all the Gospels agree that he added mind which was a totally foreign thought to the, to the Hebrews. But obviously this, this Pharisee, this Jewish Hebrew, uh, you know, person who knew the law, that he understood what Jesus was talking about because he came back and he says, yeah, I know it's important to love God with all of my understanding. Loving God with all of your understanding. And then Paul, and, and uh, the, uh, in the epistles that he wrote, he, he took it a step further and really isolated and talked about different things about the mind. How, how we love God, how we honor God, how we bring glory to God with our minds and our thought processes and all of these kinds of different things. In fact, if you look at uh, Romans chapter 8, He talks about it this way. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, it's kind of this this process here and it's kind of hard to to understand i think that that we can on how can we allow the spirit the holy spirit control our our thought processes how how do you do that i mean i think all of us can can identify with thoughts in our in in our life our thought life that not alone not just not pleasing to god is not pleasing to us you know, we think ill things. We, we think things that are not edifying. We think of things that, that you know, are just really quite ugly. That, uh, that there's something that, that goes on in our minds that, that it just, it controls us. And really, we, we look at this in an integrated process that we have to be careful of what is in our minds. I think that we would all understand this. I read a quote this week that somebody said, be careful what you think. You may say it out loud. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we, you know, we say things and go, oh, oh you know, they, we have this saying, oh, you know, I said it without thinking. Well, you said it without being wise, but you obviously had thought it or it would not have come out, right? I mean, it's just something that we throw away to excuse our, our behavior, but that's, that's something, 
you know, inside you. You know, I mean, it, it, it wells up sometimes and it comes out. You know, that, that's me in the in the checkout line and, and somebody is uh, paying with, uh, well, change is the absolute worst. I just, I don't know, you know, that, but, but even with checks, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm like, who uses checks, you know, to, to, to you know, use your ATM card or cash or whatever. Shane, I know you're here somewhere. Leave me alone. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, you know, these kind of things, you know, I don't think I've ever blurted out, what are you doing? But, but I mean, it, it's possible because I, I've, I've thought it. And, and what Paul is saying here is, hey, there, there's got to be something different happening in here that you can't let your mind be controlled and let your sinful nature control your mind. And so often we, we get into this don't, like I can't do this kind of life, like I can't eat this because I don't want to be fat or I can't, I can't do this, uh, you know, I can't, 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 I got to, I got to stop drinking or I got to stop smoking or all of these things. But we, we try to stop all these things without putting something else positive in its place. And what happens is, is we suppress these thoughts and we, we, you know, keep pushing them down, but they keep on popping up and manifesting themselves in different ways because we're not putting in the positive things that, that will help us allow God to control our thought life. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then uh, Paul writes in Ephesians this, he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What Paul is trying to communicate here is this this idea of not just removing and having a void space, but actually putting things in process, putting things into your pattern of life, which are going to be positive. You know, this whole concept of, of the mind and, and honoring God with, with our mind and our thought life and all of these kinds of different things, I mean, it can be really convoluted and, and we can get really just kind of bogged down and, and probably more so than anything that this idea of loving God or honoring God or glorifying God with, with your mind has been polarized in, in Christendom. It seems like people have fallen into two different camps. One is the camp where uh, I've heard people say when I, when I go to church, you know, there's some things that I leave behind. You know, I leave my, my cigarettes behind, my alcohol behind, and I, I just, you know, leave my head behind, leave my, my mind behind because it's just basically you unplug from this intellectual, you know, kind of process that you just, you just don't think. And, and you just, you feel like you have to remove yourself 
to be have faith, you have to remove yourself from any logical thought. And that's one extreme. And then the other extreme is this kind of apologetics movement, which is basically based on Paul's writing as saying, you know, always have a reason for your hope. And people have taken this to to the extreme and and having having arguments and having reason and all this empirical data of of who God is and why it is and 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 why it's scientifically rational to believe in God and I I've actually kind of just shifted in between both of 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 these camps in in my journey in fact when I first went to seminary uh <laughs> the first time uh there was three uh, <laughs> uh I finally finished if you're wondering uh that that uh, I, I started out as an apologetics major, which is basically uh, having reason, being able to give reasons for different things in the Bible. Because I just, I, I just, I was on this intellectual quest that I, I wanted to know, you know, why, and 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 I wanted to have evidence, and I wanted to, to be able to debate, and and kind of things like this, and the and the. The really the purpose of this this program at at, at Talbot uh, in Los Angeles that that they they wanted to graduate people who were going to be into the university system who would have uh, be able to kind of debate with people on an intellectual level the the merits of 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 having faith in Jesus Christ and. That's the kind of things that we're learning and listening to. And I remember sitting in one lecture. Uh, it was my last lecture as, a, as an apologetics major before I said this isn't for me. Uh, the, the lecture wa was titled uh, Arguments for the Existence of the Soul. And I was sitting there and I was listening to, you know, the three, ten, hundred reasons. I don't remember how many but all of this just different empirical data. And I was sitting there and I was in youth ministry at the, at the time. And I was sitting there and I was just like, you know what? I have never in my just day-to-day -day interactions with people, when I'm sitting across from them and they're hurting and their soul is hurting or, or something like that, that, that they're all like, well, you know, Mark, tell me the empirical data or evidences that you have uh, for the existence of the, my soul, which is hurting. Or, or I, just, I just never had any of those conversations. There was such a disconnect for me. And I was just sitting there, and I'm like, I, I'm never, this, is, this might be like good stuff to know, like in, impress people at cocktail parties or something. But I mean, it's not like a real conversation that I'm ever going to have with a real person. And, and kind of God gave me this, you know, kind of thing that, that really solidified it was that nobody has ever been argued into heaven. It's just, it, you, I can't give you enough, you know, all, you know, all these, you know, scientific reasons of, of why, you know, you know, the, the ark was the ark and, you know, this was this and everything. And you to finally intellectually say, okay, it all makes sense to me now. You're right. I'm going to put my 
mind or whatever, my faith in, in Jesus Christ. It's just that's not how it works. It's not, it's not how, how it works in any relationship. It just it blows me away how often we, we apply our relationship with God to different rules than the art, you know, the, every other relationship in our life. We, I, I, uh, at B2X, my uh, previous uh, church that, that I, that I led, there was a guitarist who, who was very intellectual and, and, uh, and he was an, he was an engineer and, and everything was data and everything. And I remember we all joked about about how he must have asked his wife uh, to to marry him. We could all visualize him with with a flow chart with different lines and saying, "Well, this is you know this line going up and to the right is our time together and us knowing each other." And and here's this other line of you know sensible reasons of of what could be benefit to us being together. And here they intersect here, so we should get married at this time. Could you? Could you imagine getting a marriage proposal like that? But so often, you know, in the perverted view of our relationship with God, that we, we approach it that way. And really, there, there's, there's a healthy balance. Of course, you know, there's, there's reasons that you love your wife. There's reasons that you love your husband. There's, there's, there's reasons that you love your family or, or, or your friends and things like that. But, but you never boil those relationships down to just raw facts and figures and things like that. But on the, but on the other hand, that, that you're, you're going to have reasons why, uh, you know, you're going to have, you know, some thoughts on the matter. You're not just going to say, just because I do, or, or something like that. It, try that with your wife. Like, why do you love me? Because I do. She wants to know a couple of reasons why and, and, and things like that. Uh, and, and that's really how we, we look at our, our faith with God, that there's this, this, this heart aspect of it, but there's also this intellectual aspect of it, of, of, of loving God and, and placing things in our heart and in our path that, that make us love him more. And what are some of those, those things? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably touch upon something that's not going to be very popular, but it's just, it's, it's just an example. Um, Exercise for the body, you know, we all know that exercise is good for the, for the body. Well, what reading books is what is exercise for the body, that is exercise for the mind. But so often that we, you know, we, we say, okay, I just, I'm not going to watch TV anymore or I'm not going to watch as much TV or something, but we, we don't add it with, with the positive things. We do the same thing in the physical realm, too. Like, uh, I'm not going to uh, eat dessert for breakfast uh, anymore or, or something like that, that, that I'm just, uh, I'm not going to, to do this. And, and we say, I'm just not going to not, and suddenly, you know, 
you'll have this staring contest with a Reese's peanut butter cup or something that always wins the staring contest that, you know, and, and you're going to, you're going to eat because you haven't implemented things in your life that you want more, that, that these, these practices are more important than what your, your normal pattern is already. And the reality is that, that TV is, is not whole food and, and, and you know, good meat or, or, or whole grains and things like that. It's, it's dessert for the mind. That, that, you know what, I'm all about TV. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love all the colors and the moving and the noise and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, seriously, my parents, like, I like, I can, I can sit and watch TV with the best of them. And, and it would just, and, and also, I mean, I seriously left to my own devices. I, I could eat peanut butter pie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, and all of these kinds of things. But, but you have to pattern in your life and say, you know what? Even though I like this or this is easy, is this, is this really what is beneficial for me? Is this really going to honor God? Is this going to expand my mind? Is this going to expand my understanding of who God is? And as good as an argument that you could make that Big Brother is helping you understand how you should do relationships with one another, maybe, just perhaps, there may be a better way to teach us to do relationships uh, in a healthier manner. And to really take a hard look at the different patterns in our life, because so many of us, me included, can sit down and and turn on the TV and we'll just flick channels and flick channels and one, two, three hours could go by like that and we've squandered that time. We've eaten dessert for three hours when, you know what, our body, our mind needed was good whole food. And really, you know, in this one example, you know, reading or, or actually talking with people who, who know more than you on a certain subject uh, is, is so nutrient-rich that, that expands not only your mind, but it expands your very understanding of who God is in so many different realms, if you just open up your hearts and your minds to it. If you turn to Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to just finish up with this. I consider this the most practical passage in the Bible. I, uh, and it is just absolutely amazing. Um, and it has helped me through... So many hard times. I mean, if, if you've been around E3 any length of time, you know that I, I, uh, I, I have anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety. I've talked about how, you know, that, that has impaired me at, at different times and made, made different things difficult. You know, having severe anxiety was the primary reason that I chose to become a public speaker because it really helps that level, and uh, uh, one of my wise choices there. Um, 
But this passage has helped me in so many different ways. Um, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Basically what Paul is saying here right off the bat is there is something important about externally showing your joy. That's why it's so important that we come and that we actually sing out loud and, and, and praise God. It's why it's important that, that we, we clap and we, we cheer. You know, people, people you know, make fun of me all the time about praising God with our hands at the, at the end of the gathering. But it's important. There's something, there's something to be said about just, you know what, saying, you know what, I am going to praise God. And I'm going to do it in a way that people can see it. And something happens when we externally praise God and we are considerate and are the tangible hand of Christ to those people around us who are less fortunate. And then God goes on and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, in my journal, and, and why, again, we honor God with our minds when we journal, when we write. When we, when we create. And that's why I advocate journaling. And when, this is what happens when you'll start, you start journaling, you'll stop journaling. And then, you'll, you know, and then somebody will be like, oh, hey, I got to get back. And, and this is one of these things that it's just not natural to write our thoughts down and things like that. But it's one of these, again, disciplines that you do again and again and again until it becomes part of your life. And one of the the, the disciplines that I've put in is when I have a prayer request, I specifically, because of this verse, tell God exactly what I need. And I write prayer, colon, and write that. And then underneath it, I wrote, write answer, colon, and I leave like a, a space. And then I continue writing. And then when God answers that, that prayer, yes, no, indifferent, or whatever, that, that I go back and I write the date, you know, that that, that prayer was, was answered. Why do I do that? Because you know what? When, when my mind is tricking me, when the anxiety is there, or I'm, thinking, I'm not thinking correctly, or all these things, I can go back and I can say, you know what? God was faithful here. God was faithful here. God was faithful here. And these are important things to do. And I don't understand why, but it starts to guard your heart and your mind as you do these kind of spiritual disciplines. And then finally, in verse 8, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know what, when you're trying to throw off your old nature, 
when you're trying to change the way you think and the darkness that your mind goes to. Like I said before, it is impossible just to say, I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm not going to think those awful things about that person, or I'm not going to think about these awful things that I want to do because and not replace it with godly things. As, as Paul said, take off your old nature and put on the new nature. Because if you don't put something back in its place, it's going that thing that you took off is going to come back in. And this thing with your mind is being disciplined and going through, and I've done this so many times personally, thinking about what is true. And actually really figuring it out. What is true in my life? What a... What are, you know, for me, I, what is true? My wife loves me. I know that is true. My daughter tolerates me. That is true. You know, kind of these different things. What, what is true in your life? What is honorable? Thinking about those things. What, what is right? What is right? What is pure? And forcing yourself to think about these things. And again, as you're going through this list, especially for those of you who, who are hearts are troubled and, and are having trouble sleeping and, and controlling your, your thought life, saying, you know what? I'm going to go through this list and I am going to think of these things. If I can't just be disciplined enough to think about it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to journal about it. The other day, uh, I... I uh, was thinking through everybody who is in my life, kind of like my, my inner circle. I, I was thinking through each one of them and, and how each one inspires me in a different way. What is true? What is lovely? What is admirable? Thinking about these kind of different things and just thinking about the people who are close to me and how they inspire me. And then he finally puts this. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Could you imagine being able to say that? I can't. I just could just really be able to, you know, if, if you feel comfortable, you know, be able to come up here and say, you know what? My life is such an inspiration to you all. So... Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. And if you do that, if, if you can do all those things, then the God of peace will be with you. It's, it's, it's laughable. I mean, it, 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 but why? Really, why is it laughable? It shouldn't be laughable. Our, really, shouldn't our goal to to be that kind of inspiration to the people around us, to the other people in our church, to inspire them to that level. And that's really why we're doing this series is could you imagine if we could all get this right, just this integrated idea of loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and loving others as ourselves. And if we could do that and live that out and put flesh on that, how inspiring that would be to those of us around us, that you know what? If they can do it, why can't I? That this needs to be our pursuit to model inspiration 
to live inspiration, to be inspiration to those around us. Let's pray. Dear God, just thank you so much for who you are and your, your words of wisdom that help us inspire one another to live out the vision that you have for our lives. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.